world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land of freedom nation. Welcome to it. Man, we have a lot to talk about today. The primary is over. My book has dropped and New Jersey is in disarray. <laughs> and the Supreme Court is sending shockwaves as well as the Ninth Circuit. I cannot believe what's going on. But first, I want to talk about crime proof. Think like a criminal and beat them at their own game. This man right here talking to you has signed over 6,000 copies. <laughs> you Are you writing with your toe? Now oh you? my my hand is so my hand is so <laughs> sore uh but you know what it's been people are like get a stamp have somebody else do it i'm like no i, I can't i can't I can't, I can't do that so as of today every order that we received for shipping has shipped so you should be getting your books within a few days if not reach out to me sometime in september you have you a lot of faith in the post office I, that's why i said september <laughs> This is June. Reach out to me in September. Uh, a lot of people have been getting them. They've been getting delivered. So I think it's it's a great thing. If you if you um, opted to have your book picked up at the range, please just walk back to retail and let them check your order. If they tell you the order's not in the system or something, just show them your order because there seems to be a glitch in the system or something with the oxygen level with my employees, something <laughs> or head trauma. I don't know. I can't I can't get into the whole detail, but it seems to every once in a while somebody pops up that they, they say they're not in the system. But if you did order a book and you have the receipt, the email confirmation or something, do not leave without your book, please. Okay, so my book has been flying off the shelves. I gave all of my employees a book last week at the employee meeting, autograph book. So one of my employees, Andre, um, his wife says he, he's, she's been reading the book, and every night he comes home from work, she's like, we're changing the doors in the bedroom. We're doing this. Like, she's just telling him what we're doing. And, and this is a good one. He said to me, I goes, I came home tonight, and my wife tells me your book is like soaking information through a fire hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean you can't make that up. That's that's pretty cool, right? That that is pretty cool. And then I I get another message from uh Will who lives in the area and he says last night the main breaker in our basement overheated, but it didn't kill the power, but it started to smoke. That could burn a house down, by the way. That's why electrical panels are in a metal panel with a breaker to hopefully attenuate that that flame. Needless to say, their entire apartment was out of power for 12 hours. And he says, because of Gun For Hire Radio and the Crime Proof book, him and his girlfriend's phones were both fully charged. They had no power for 12 hours, and they were able to weather the storm. Well, Will, you should have like a hand charger, crank, or some charging batteries or something too. You know, suspenders and a belt. But I'm glad. That's why you never leave your phone at 21.5%. Right. 
Okay, you should always make sure that your uh, phone is fully charged at all times. 22% is fine. No, whenever possible. Uh, so, you know, I, I posted the book is in and videos and stuff with the new range expansion. And I, you know, Facebook always pops up with these things, boost your post. Have you seen these, Sandy? I have. Yeah, boost your post. So I'm like, you know what? I've never really run a Facebook ad on a product or something. So you know what? Let me click on it. I click on it. Boost your post. Reach a million people. $25 a day or something. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I can reach a market that I normally couldn't reach. So I create an ad. Selling my book, Crime Proof. Think like a criminal. Beat them at their own game. The website is crimeproofbook.com. It has nothing to do with gun for hire, Woodland Park Range, <laughs> firearms training, or anything. I know where right? this is going. An hour later, I get a rejection. Your ad was rejected <laughs> because it doesn't comply with our advertising policies, and we deem it promotes violence. <laughs> That's great. It promotes uh, violence right. against criminals yeah, is what uh, they meant to right. say. <laughs> right. Which are the first class. Right. The first. No, they're second tier. The second criminals tier, and the illegals yeah. are second tier. So how dare me, how a third tier, try to write stop people a, from robbing, exactly. raping, pillaging. So just for the hell of it, I appealed it and I wrote up a whole thing that the book was written, you know, for safety, kids in college and everything. About an hour later. Eh, promotes violence, still reject it. Oh, come on. Yeah, a self-defense, self-help book promotes violence. But that's not the issue. The issue is me. Yeah. That's really the issue. Yeah. If, if, a, if a plumber wrote my book that didn't have the social media presence and creds that I have, that, that ad would have been allowed to run. Right? Uh, Let, let's face uh, it. That, yeah. that ad would have been a, a, out to run. So. Well, it's not stopping any of our listeners from posting it on their Facebook page. Correct. And then John Belletti sent me a nice email. He goes, hey, Aunt, I just got two copies of your new book. How awesome. Also want to thank you for the special note you wrote for my buddy who is sick and battling cancer. It was perfect. You are the man. I'll see you at the range soon, coming for Holster Draw in July. Congrats on the book coming out. All the best, John Belletti. Thank you, John. Uh, John had ordered two books and said one of his buddies was battling cancer and he listens to the radio show and he's a supporter. So I wrote a nice encouraging note in the front of the book. John, I wrote that early on before I lost my ability to write with my right hand. So uh, give, your, give your buddy our best, please, and uh, you know, uh, hopefully he makes it out through the other side because we're definitely the more the merrier on our side we need, you know. And uh, John Petrolino wrote a uh, review of my book from Bearing Arms, uh, which uh, I got about 100 orders because of his review. That's great. Which is phenomenal. And uh, some other media outlets uh, don't want to talk to me about my book uh, because I'm an NRA board member and all they want to talk about is the NRA. So, oh. yeah, what, I don't care. Well, I, listen, I mean, talk about listen. the NRA and uh, talk about your book. I, I don't care. No, whatever. Whatever happens, happens. Uh, so... Big, big news out of New Jersey. You know, I, you know, I put my uh, support behind uh, Phil Rizzo 100%. And uh, he ran in the primaries, and he lost. And uh, 
but he beat Hirsch Singh. He came in second, and Hirsch Singh's been running for political office for the past four yeah. or five years. Every yeah. he's like Lonigan. Pretty much. Every right, er, yeah. yeah, every time there's a slot, he he jumps in and he runs. And uh, my buddy Josh Aikens uh, from inside New Jersey says that the uh, primary season's not over until Hirsch Singh sues everybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, isn't it? Yeah, because he he sues everybody. That's right. And. and uh, but anyway, uh, now what we have to do is everybody knows that I'm not a 100% fan of Jack Chitterelli, but Jack Chitterelli is the heir apparent. Uh, he's got the nod for the GOP. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? I am going to fully back Jack Chitterelli because I don't know if we could tolerate another four years of Phil Murphy in New Jersey. I don't know if we can afford it. I don't know if we can handle it crime-wise. You know, he's trying to make a fairer New Jersey for first and second tier people. <laughs> Fair in New Jersey. And, you know, my, my buddy J Doug Steinhardt, who was the chair of the New Jersey GOP, he wrote a great op-ed, and he wrote, The time has arrived to unite and defeat Phil Murphy. All right? And this is true. Listen, Green Party, Libertarian Party, Hersing people, uh, Pastafarians, uh, whatever, you know, there was such a thing as Pastafarians, right, Sandy? Uh, the Italian Rastafarians? or They wear the, the pasta strainer over their head. It's an actual religion really? in California. Yeah, it's called Pastafarian. Huh. Okay. okay, you might want to look into that. I, uh, I, I uh, will. I, it sounds like a very interesting group. I, so Steinhardt wrote. <laughs> Steinhardt wrote this on the eve of the of the um, primaries, and he wrote, "Whoever emerges victorious from the June eighth primary will be battle hardened for sure. But the challenge, li challenge lies with the responsibility of our nominee to immediately sow the seeds of unity needed to defeat a vastly larger Democratic party with a bottomless pit of money within an increasingly splintered GOP." Bravo. Doug. The job requires leadership. The Republican candidate for governor is fighting an upstream battle of human instincts to stay divided. That's why our nominee must show up day one of the general election with a powerful unifying message around every which Republican, and I'm adding this, and independent is motivated to rally, okay? There are a million more Democrats than Republicans in our state, and Phil Murray, Phil Murphy knows that stat well. His entire GOP agenda has been geared towards keeping his base intact. Free shit over freedom, right? We know yeah, that right. during the whole pandemic, all our government workers, all our teachers, mm -hmm. all the unions have all gotten paid and got to stay home or whatever. So he knows he's a shoo-in, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. All right. He has leaned into every liberal far left priority, despite the real world impact it's having on our friends, neighbors and home. Phil Murphy's big bet is that he can keep a big enough of coalition of Democrats behind him that no math will get Republicans to 51 percent in November. If our GOP candidate unites the party, I'll take the bet. Right now, our best measuring stick is the 2020 special election in Legislative District 25. Senator Tony Bucco, friend of ours, won with nearly a 10,000 vote plurality, and he outpaced the top of the ticket by double-digit percentage points. Any number of pundits predicted doom for the GOP in that race, considering presidential year turnout, top of the ticket drag, and an unfavorable environment. Still, Senator Bucco proved that a unifying candidate and campaign running against Phil Murphy's disastrous policies is a recipe for success. As New Jerseyans, we are at a critical time in our state's future. As Republicans, we are at a crit critical time in our party's future. We've seen what New Jersey Republicans are capable of when united. 
We've also suffered the effects of our division. If today's winner is going to lead us to victory, he can't do it alone. If this primary showed us anything, there was an army of Republicans in New Jersey ready to get to work. Bravo, Doug. All of us have to do this. I don't want to hear any shit. I want, I'm not voting for Jack because I wanted Hirsch. I'm not voting for Jack because I wanted Rizzo. I'm not voting Jack because I'm a Pastafarian or whatever it is. Forget it, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, forget it, forget it, forget it. You know, I got an email from Bean Counter, and he wrote, I heard your discussion of Murphy's newly permanent emergency powers on last week's show. For years, we've been inclined to sarcastically call him King Philip. However, the closer historic parallel is now emperor. Under the Roman Republic, rules in the provinces were occasionally given an emergency command for a finite period of time with special powers referred to as an imperium. But when Augustus consolidated his executive power, the Senate voted to make him emperor over all of Rome permanently. The Republic was dead, replaced by the empire. And so when the New Jersey legislators voted to make the executive emergency powers permanent, the only thing politically safe to say is hail to the emperor. Oh my, is that so spot on. Remember that our legislators, our democratic legislators gave Phil Murphy unabated power now with emergency powers. So just just so you guys know that. And you want to know the direction it's going? John McConnell sent me this. So when you and I... When you and I go for our driver's license in New Jersey, we have to have a social security number. If you're second tier illegal, all you need is an affidavit that you have a social security (laughs) number. And who is the affidavit signed by? By them. Oh. By them. Okay. You just have to bring an affidavit that this is me. I am John Smith. I promise. And you'll get It's like this. And there you go. You get your you get your thing. Oh, you are you a legal U.S. citizen and resident of New Jersey? Line Wrong two. line. Get in that line over there. Make sure you have all your paperwork, and I hope you have clean underwear because Big Hand Phyllis is working today. Okay, that's how it works. That's how it works. I do not understand how people continue to vote for this. I understand because it's free shit over freedom. I understand that. I understand it. I understand it. Okay? But we're crazy. It is crazy. All right? Now, of course, Chitterelli already came out, started attacking Murphy that Murphy's not. He had a good one. He goes, Murphy's not from New Jersey. Just look how he eats a slice of pizza. <laughs> All right? He eats it like, like, well, like, uh, like Big Bird de Blasio. You know, Murphy's from Massachusetts. He doesn't know how to eat pizza. Like, he doesn't know how to fold it with a little bit of flop and, and put the tip of the of it in his mouth and take a bite. He eats it like a like he's special. <laughs> like he's special. Like he's special. <laughs> now, since 1977, no Democrat has won a second term in New Jersey. Okay? So that's a stat. But Murphy is going to win because... Because he borrowed five or six billion dollars, and we have a five billion dollar surplus from CARES acts and federal funds and everything, he's going to make sure all the by between now and November, all the union pensions will be funded. Uh, everybody will be giving raises, cost of living adjustments, and stuff. So all your government workers, all your first tier people, will be fat and happy. And he's got two million votes there. Now, what do we have in New Jersey? We have about a million Republicans, and we actually have about two million independents. We actually have about two million independents, and we could we could do it. But 
how could we do it? It would require unity and activism, right? <laughs> Good luck right. with that. So here's the stats, actually. New Jersey has 2.5 million Democrats registered and 1.5 million registered uh, Republicans, okay? Now, we have 2.4 million unaffiliated voters, all right? And then we have another 100,000 that, that claim affiliation to other parties, Libertarian, Conservative, and Green parties. We have about 6 million registered voters in New Jersey. We could actually win this thing. Christie got the, the independents to vote for him for two, two election cycles. So we actually can do this, even though New Jersey's Democratic-leaning. The problem is we'd have to get people out there to vote. All right. It's paltry. The last election with Kim Godano, only 35 percent of registered voters went out and voted. If we had enough of the voters to go out and vote. And now is the time to put boots on the ground. Listen, you're not a big fan of Jack. I don't give a shit. Look at Jack and all the down party candidates in your area. And when the, the NRA report card will come out for for the, the uh, election in November. Listen, donate. Spread the word. Make some, This is the only way we're going to get it back. The other side cheats. <laughs> the, right. The only way we're going to get it back is if we can do something, you know. So Joey Grimaldi, who came in to pick up the book with his sister-in-law, Candace, the other day, he sent a letter to uh, Jack and he wrote, uh, Mr. Citarelli, I did not vote for you. I voted Rizzo. Yes, I want taxes lower. Yes, I want favorable small business climate so they thrive again. But I want the Second Amendment known, understood and respected by you and every other elected official in New Jersey. Governor Murphy and his Democratic supermajority have such ignorance and disdain for that amendment and those who participate in it. I hope you will start restoring the Second Amendment within the New Jersey Constitution and federal government as well. Well, Joey, that, you wrote that very well. The good thing for us, Jack responded to him, by the way, or his people, and they also attached the link to the Amoland article because uh, John Petrolino interviewed all of the candidates. So we can see Jack's stand. Is Jack perfect? Hell no. He wants, right away, he wants to start out with carry for people that have, you know, uh, risky businesses or something. You know, so again, we create another tier. Right. Sure. All right. But the Supreme Court's going to fix this eventually. Listen, with a super majority in the Assembly and Senate, Chitterelli can't do shit anyway. But what he can do is hold the line, just right. like Christie did right. for eight years. Right. Okay. And Christie tried to make some administrative changes, which Murphy resort flipped right back. Okay. But listen, he's the best we have. He's the only thing we have right now. We have to. Again, rant is going to be over. We have to get over it. Listen, New Jersey, we know, is down the drain. Rich Ford, who's been donating over and over again to the, um, to the donations to win the tip of the spear here, he agrees with me from last week's show. He goes, I just came back from Florida myself, and I completely agree with what you said about infrastructure. Sad that we pay so much in New Jersey and get so, so little. I'm sorry, that was Matt Beeb that said that. Uh, Rich Ford made another donation as well. But, you know, when you leave New Jersey and you go to other free states that are not as heavily taxed, you're like, why are the roads so clean? Why is there no potholes? Right. You know, why isn't there all these homeless people in the street? <clears throat> like we pay the most taxes, but where does the taxes go? It goes to entitlements. It goes to pensions. It goes to our politicians. And listen, if you don't know how New Jersey works, you need to learn how New Jersey works. New Jersey is about as corrupt as it gets. I don't. They call it the Soprano State. You've we've heard this, right? Yeah, right, exactly. All right, everybody's this, people heard this that it's called the Soprano, the Soprano State. Uh, anybody who hasn't, Sandy, is there anybody out there? I don't think uh, that has uh, yeah, that hasn't heard it. People. So in New Jersey, we just had a politician that was running for office in Bayonne. All right. 
And he was running for office in 2009, and there was a corruption sting going on by the FBI. <laughs> and he took a tent. He was running for 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 uh, mayor. He took a ten thousand dollar bribe, a bag stuffed with ten thousand in cash from a cooperating witness, and agreed to appoint a tax guy if elected, like a friend of a friend. All right. And O'Donnell never reported the cash contribution to the New Jersey Election Commission. All right. It went before a judge in New Jersey (laughs) and the judge said it's not a crime for a politician to take a bag of cash with ten thousand dollars in it. Of course not. Okay, New Jersey. Okay, how would you like that? This was Judge Mitzi Gallis Menendez who issued her decision on Thursday. It's not illegal to take a $10,000 bag of cash in New Jersey. Our politicians can take a bag of cash. Because Mitzi probably okay. has gotten a bag of cash. <laughs> uh, this, this is what we live under in New Jersey. So how are we ever, how are we ever going to win when, when, that's, when that's what we have to deal with? No, never, right? It's never. No. Ne- never. It's, n- never, it's never going to happen. So... <laughs> I, I just I'm I'm besides myself. You know, you know, we talk about knife rights all the time, Sandy, and and the legal blade, uh, and we missed uh, obviously blade show blade two years show, in a yeah. row now. Next year we're going, <clears throat> but knife-rights.org, knife-rights.org, they're having their ultimate steel uh, challenge again, and this year there's a special one listed: uh, personally autographed copy of Crime Proof by Gun for Hire's Anthony, plus a uh, two Hogue knives. Model EXF017, fixed blade. One's autographed by me, and the other one is uh, for using. And uh, it's listed out there, and you'll get a personally autographed copy of the book for me, too. And donations start at $20 for Knife Rights. So we sent the email to all my staff, and they, a lot of them bought raffle tickets and everything. But, you know, Doug and Sue do so much, and Todd Rathner are out there. And uh, I just love the fact that, you know, there's like – $100,000 in prizes they give away. And your entry is in there for multiple times, so you can win more than once and stuff. So please, check out KnifeRights.org. Go to their Ultimate Steel Challenge and support those who support you. I mean, it's a great, excuse me, it's a great, great um, organization. And I always, last night, last year was the first year I didn't win anything. You know, really? I had a, yeah, I had a dry year last year. I didn't wow, win anything. Wow, that's unusual. Yeah, so um, just, you know, and a lot of people agreed with me about uh, not moving. Uh, you know, you have to stay and fight. Ainsley Reynolds um, said the same thing to me. I he wish said, Ainsley would run for office. Uh, he's finishing up, I think, his Ph.D. or doctorate or something right now and barbecuing and smoking cigars and uh, chilling out with his wife and his beautiful daughter. That man can in, barbecue, in the yard. Too. Oh, my God. Barbecue, smoke, everything. <clears throat> he might come up for the uh, grand reopening of the edition we've been speaking. He, he, he just got the book Crime Proof. It started a text uh, back and forth between him and I. And, uh, you know, I told him I missed him and I, I hope to see him up here. He's been busy, though, He's, you know, with, the, with work and everything. But, yeah, he'll probably run uh, someday, maybe. But he agrees, too, that moving to a different state is not the answer. We have to stand and fight. But so this is great, great breaking news. But first, negative news again. The ATF now has another comment section opened up for uh, pistol braces and crap like that. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, as long as we have Biden 
and Harris That's at the right. top and Chip Witch or whoever is going to be running the ATF. They're just they're all sitting in rooms figuring out ways to round the system, the ways around the balance of powers to take our rights away. So don't stamp your feet because this it is what it is until mm-hmm. until <clears throat> the great revolution comes or the great awakening comes where everybody's not woke and cancel culture and they, you know it's just the multitude of things. But you want to hear some good news on top of some news. A federal judge in California delivered a big legal win to gun owners and Second Amendment supporters last Friday, striking down the state's ban on so-called assault weapons on constitutional grounds. U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez, we will refer to him as St. Benitez from now on. (laughs) Uh, Gun owners in California have been calling him St. Benitez because he ruled in their favor on high-capacity magazines in 2017. He's a Cuban immigrant, by the way. And gun control advocates are pitching a bitch because the assault weapons ban has been in effect for 30 years in New Jer- in, in California. Wow, I'm so stuck on, on New Jersey. Yeah, 30 years is been, the wow. ban has been on, and they've been trying to get, you know, uh, an overturn. Now, what's going to happen is July 4th is the day. It's 30 days they have to appeal, but if they don't appeal the state of California, which they will, July 4th would be uh, Independence Day where you'd be able to legally own an assault weapon so-called assault weapon, black rifle in California. We know that uh, California is going to appeal it, and it's going to go, I guess, full on, full on banc in the ninth, and then it's ultimately going to head to the Supreme Court, which will be right behind. We have a carry case in the Supreme Court. I'm going to talk in a minute about a magban case from New Jersey in the Supreme Court, and now we have a black rifle one. So the judge wrote a 100-page opinion, Benitez, and he kept referencing... Uh, uh, California's assault weapon ban to Heller, okay? And he began with Heller, in which the Supreme Court at the Second Amendment's guarantee to the right and bear arms extends to firearms commonly owned by law-abiding citizens for lawful purposes. And he says the Heller test, Judge Benitez noticed, is a hardware test. But since Heller, the federal appellate courts have ignored this simple holding and creating an array of various standards under which to judge the constitutionality of laws regulating firearms. Could you imagine if Roberts wasn't such a sellout, pimp, compromised bastard. We this a, a black rifle case would have been heard already. Right. All right. So he wrote, the judge wrote, modern rifles have been immensely popular in the United States, even in California, despite being banned for 30 years. All right. Uh, in 2008, the most recent year, 2 million modern rifles were manufactured or imported into the United States. States. You can't deny that this is a popular rifle, okay? Under the standard, the, a law affecting the right to bear arms is constitutional if the government proffers an important governmental purpose and it's fit for the law to the objective is reasonable. As always, the state's objective with these laws is to reduce gun crimes. Passes the first prong of the test, Judge Benitez wrote, noting that reducing gun crime is very important is a very important objective. But after a detailed analysis, the court concluded California's assault weapon ban lacked a reasonable fit to that goal. Sandy, he went into it, okay? He says that the state continues to ignore the protective uses of black rifles. Mm -hmm. You know, people defending their self and their family. And he brought up cases, okay? And then he wrote something, I don't know if a lot of people ever heard such a thing before. He wrote this in his 100-page brief. 
Guns don't cause crime. Criminals do. Wow, that's, that's shocking. I, I've never heard that before. He also found the evidence established that assault rifles were not the predominant type of weapon used in mass shootings. In of fact, a, not. a fact, according to a recent study, handguns were the most used type of firearm Every in mass study. shootings. 32% of mass shootings were handguns. Only 8% were rifles. Right. He wrote, that may come as a surprise to the public that is constantly told the assault weapons are often used in mass shootings. I, I, I want to buy this judge a house. <laughs> okay, I mean. If he was on the left, somebody else would buy him a house. Uh, or he would have had one already. Right. So, of course, the corporate media is going after this judge. They're trying to dox him. They're trying to embarrass him. This guy's a Cuban immigrant, first generation. He crawled his way up through the ranks, through education and everything. I don't think he cares what anybody says about him. You know, I, right. I really don't. I really don't think he, he gives a crap. But uh, so this is a phenomenal, phenomenal um, uh, overturn of the assault weapons ban. So so let's talk about this, ladies and gentlemen. In the, the U.S. Supreme Court right now, we have the Corlett case, which the Supreme Court will probably have oral arguments in the fall, and we will get an answer in the spring. The Corlett case is the first major case the Supreme Court took. Last year, they took the, uh, the case in the uh, five boroughs of New York on not being able to bring the gun out, and that case was rendered moot because New York changed their administrative law. So we know that that happened. But now, so let's let's fast forward. Corlett is to get rid of the restrictions to be able to carry um, outside your home, which is a direct, uh, you know, uh, correlation with Heller and McDonald rulings. So that case was finally picked up, and I know uh, Alito and Thomas are probably very excited. Hopefully, we're going to see how Amy Coney Barrett uh, gets with this as well. But anyway, you know, because the lies are flying about the Corlett case. And the Corlett case, a lot of you should know these stats that it's basically, it will affect eight states that uh, that hardly ever issue carry permits, which are like New York, New Jersey, uh, parts of California, Hawaii, uh, and a few other states, uh, Maryland, because the press constantly says that it's going to turn into the Wild West because everybody's going to be able to carry. The fact of the matter is the argument with your friends and family is 42 states already allow you to carry outside your home. So it would only be eight other states. So I don't think it's going to actually become the Wild West. But, you know, we'll see. So the Corlett case is already at the Supreme Court. This uh, case with assault rifles, black rifles, with uh, St. Benitez is bounce it around the Ninth Circuit. The Young versus Hawaii concealed carry case is also in the Ninth Circuit heading to the Supreme Court. The California also has a magban case to get away from, you know, 10-round 10, 10 magazines to standard capacity magazines. And in New Jersey, our case is on the docket now. Uh, Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs uh, versus uh, Guberg Rule. Uh, this is the United States Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. We have a decision date coming out uh, September 1st. Uh, and if we lose, we're going to go right to the uh, Supreme Court. So what happens is our guys, Dan Schmutter and everybody, write a brief about our mag ban. 24 other state AGs write into it on May 28th. And on May 28th, uh, Grubel's people come back and they waiver their right to respond. 
which means they don't even want to respond to this because they're hoping the court doesn't even take it. But yet the court took it. And now June 8th, it was distributed for conference. Okay, so and Paul Clement is handling this. Uh, D.C. Obviously, Dan Schmutter and everybody else is is behind this as well. So it looks like we're going to get a ruling from the Third Circuit on uh, in September. And if we lose, we're going to appeal it and take it right to the Supreme Court. And as our never-ending commitment to public service, coming up, an interesting. Lesson in the English language, not safe for work. Perhaps one of the most interesting words in the English language today is the word fuck. Out of all of the English words that begin with the letter F, fuck is the only word that is referred to as the F word. It's the one magical word. Just by its sound can describe pain, pleasure, hate, and love. Fuck, as most words in the English language, is derived from German, the word fricken, which means to strike. In English, fuck falls into many grammatical categories. As a transitive verb, for instance, John fucked Shirley. As an intransitive verb, Shirley fucks. Its meaning is not always sexual. It can be used as an adjective, such as John's doing all the fucking work. As part of an adverb, Shirley talks too fucking much. As an adverb enhancing an adjective, Shirley is fucking beautiful. As a noun, I don't give a fuck. As part of a word, abso fucking lutely or in fucking credible. And as almost every word in a sentence, Fuck the fucking fuckers. As you must realize, there aren't too many words with the versatility of fuck. As in these examples, describing situations such as fraud, I got fucked at the used car lot. Dismay, aw fuck it. Trouble, I guess I'm really fucked now. Aggression, don't fuck with me, buddy. Difficulty, I don't understand this fucking question. Inquiry, who the fuck was that? Dissatisfaction. I don't like what the fuck is going on here. Incompetence. He's a fuck off. Dismissal. Why don't you go outside and play hide and go fuck yourself? I'm sure you can think of many more examples. With all of these multi-purpose applications, how can anyone be offended when you use the word? We say use this unique, flexible word more often in your daily speech. It will identify the quality of your character immediately. Say it loudly and proudly. Fuck you. And there you have it, our commitment to continuing education here at Gun For Hire Radio. Anthony? Do you, do you hate me? Get to the housekeeping. Okay, so let's get some housekeeping done. Marty's V-Burger, martysvburger.com. Go online, go to the city, or go to Freakin' Vegans in Prospect Park on Freakin' Fridays. Remember, my buddy Peter Tillum, nytacdefense.com. 
Check him out. You get a 10% discount off monthly membership if you live anywhere in New York and you need legal protection for any weapons you own. Peter Tillum is also listed in uh, Crime Proof, uh, the book, by the way. U.S. Law Shield. Use code Gun for Hire or Gun for Hire Radio. My buddy, Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino is available on Amazon and also available here in the Pro Shop. Please buy that book for any new shooter, any older shooter, anybody who's thinking about getting a gun. Great book to read before you spend your hard-earned money. 20 bucks for the book will save you thousands in the long run. Remember Knife Rights? You want to go on to KnifeRights.org, get their Ultimate Steel Challenge, and buy some raffle tickets. Evan Knappen. <clears throat> the Gun Lawyer Podcast, exposing the truth about the laws designed to strip you of your firearms. Quarantine Crawl. Please check out Quarantine Crawl. Do a search for me for electrician. We're trying to find Carrie's electrician in Denville. The owner of Carrie's, Dennis, is having a hard time finding it. I don't know if there's a glitch in his phone or the system, but he's in Denville, and it's Carrie. See if you can check him out. Support those who support you. Uh, also, you'll talk about VHS later. Remember, Mama Yolanda, till September, you get a 15% discount on their uh, Italian gravy slash marinara sauce and their pasta vodka sauce from our friend Brad Halpt out there. The new range uh, tentative opening date is uh, early to mid-July, which is less than a month away, by the way. Uh, two new ranges, 25 ports uh, on the new building, 15 ports members only. 10 ports uh, overflow will have uh, rubber traps so you can shoot steel jackets, steel core, bimetal, as well as green tip uh, ammunition. We will have pop-up quarantine crawl food every weekend, a large lounge and refreshment area, 220 parking spaces, as well as many, many surprises, especially for members. We're going to have a buyer's club, huge retail area, etc., etc. Next year, second floor should be opening two more ranges, meeting rooms, party rooms, and a 6,000 square foot uh, cigar lounge. Imagine that. We have a diversity shoot coming up in July. Tony is finally back after months and months and months and months of not being around. I'm, I hate to give the date. I don't. I think it's Monday, July 12th, but I could be wrong. I'm looking to see for it now. I have a Zoom meeting with Matt Rooney that week. I'm not sure when it is. I'm looking for it now. Diversity shoe taking place secret location. Nope, it's not that. But it's coming up in July. The second is for everyone. Support those who support you. By the way, in case you people don't know, Loretta Weinberg has retired. And this September will be her uh, or November will be final in office for her. She's 109 right now. Yes. And uh, Gordon Johnson, a former law enforcement officer who has served in a state assembly for 19 years, won Tuesday's primary battle to succeed Bergen County's Democratic stalwart Loretta Weinberg in the state Senate. Johnson, 71, won 75. He's 71. She's 112. He's 71. Anyway. He won 75% of the vote with all the precincts reporting, and he wrote, As my mentor, Weinberg said, there is no I in legislature, and there certainly was no T, I in this campaign either, Johnson said in a statement. This seat belongs to the people, and this night belongs to them all. Okay, so he's, by the way, he's anti-gun. 
Uh, so, but he doesn't have he won't have the pull Loretta has. He's going to have to work a little bit for that pull in the Senate. But so we just replaced Loretta with another one, as as we do in New Jersey, repetitiously over and over yep. again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the definition of insanity, right? We just keep uh, doing things over and over again. But look, look what happens to us here. So we have uh, this is I believe this case was uh, out of New York. Yeah. So we have bail reform and uh, New York and New Jersey. So what happens all the time with bail reform is we uh, lock somebody up and then they go out and they kill somebody again. So here hours after he was released and then uh, arrested and then released by Wayne police for stealing a wallet at a local Wendy's, a township man was caught burglarizing a nearby motel room. They just released him from prison and he went back to Robin again. Okay, and now in New York, they just had a gangbanger who was released uh, by a judge. He's been arrested like 20 times, and he ended up having a shootout, and he killed a 10-year-old kid. You know, um, what's that called? Uh, You know, when you shoot somebody by accident, uh, you know, uh, a crossfire. The kid was caught in a crossfire. And, uh, yeah, because that's what we do. You know, the judges and the legislators passed all these bail reform where you can't detain anybody for anything or any reason. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, what you do is you just put them out there and uh, put them back on the street and don't worry about it because your kids live in a gated community or whatever. And like I said, we need to start judging the judges. But now, even in New York and New Jersey, some judges are frustrated because the legislators passed these laws where they can't retain people. We had a judge in New York where bypassed the law and kept somebody in prison. And one of the state legislators got another judge to go and release the person. So, you know, they're just, I don't know what they're, I guess, they're, let's just all rally to the lowlifes. Is that what it comes down to? Yeah, I think so, isn't it? No. And then, you know, there was a, a, an article in the Christian Science Monitor this week that the U.S. saw the biggest spike in gun violence in 50 years. And, of course, they're blaming a lot of it on the pandemic, okay? Uh, and, of course, this comes from uh, Princeton University, uh, a sociologist in Princeton University. I'm sure we paid for the uh, uh, the study, but the murder rate nationally rose 25 to 30 percent. Now, of course, we're going to say it's the guns that are the problem, right? The increase in violence is definitely guns that did it. Well, if the pandemic is to blame, then how did the gun get involved? Were there yeah, we more... could... It's always the gun. Oh, I see. It's always the gun. So if, all, if you pressed a button right now and every gun in the world disappeared, would crime disappear? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Crime would definitely disappear. Sure. More people are kicked to death and knife than shot well, anyway look in, Britain, in this country. They outlawed guns. And look in, in uh, Australia. They outlawed guns. That's why... There's no murders. How'd that Britain. work? It was amazing. It was yeah. wonderful. Magnificent. Yeah, there's, there's now no they murders. outlawed paper, cl- uh, the paper clips and nail clippers because they're now being used as weapons in place of the guns. But human nature has absolutely nothing to do with that since Cain and Abel, those two fine gentlemen, um, you know, never been a problem. So one of the things, um, this morning, uh, Friday morning, I'm reading the Wall Street Journal. And there's an article by Monica Gandhi and Jean Noble, The Pandemic's Toll on Teen Mental Health, mm-hmm. which is something we've touched upon. And yeah. one thing we've, our, our country has gotten so fat, so much fatter during the pandemic that now uh, in September, the airlines are reassessing the weights of American people. They're increasing the average weight calculation by 8% for males and females in America because they're afraid when the cold winter comes, planes will not take off. 
Actually, the planes fly better in the winter than oh, they do in the okay, summer. Maybe I meant the heat. I meant the heat. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, yeah, so basically it's we have a problem here. because we're, So we know everybody's getting fatter because of pandemic and, you know, corporate food and whatever. But the CDC and uh, Centers for Pre- uh, Prevention for Disease Control released a report last week warning that adolescent hospitalizations due to COVID were on the rise, all right? The CDC truncated its analysis as a, at the precise date, April 24th, that would cast an increase in teen hospitalizations as the, into the worst possible light. And the increases are, are dramatic, 10, 15, 18% increases. And uh, suicides, uh, emergency department to visits. Uh, Children's Hospital of Oakland show a 60% increase in 10 to 17-year-olds uh, with the uh, recent suicide, uh, suicidal ideation in yep. the emergency room between March and April 2020. And uh, eating disorders, 75% rise. This is not yeah. not non-related. The do, Chinese do guys, one. Yeah, do you, as, hope people understand that, that you can't say, well, it's, be, it, it's directly related to the lockdowns. Absolutely. It's sure. definitely related. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. 31% increase, 24% increase in different, I don't want to get into, it, it gets into it, you know, deep and dirty with the different age groups and they segregate male and female. They're not touching on the other 86 genders as much. It's mostly just male and female in this article. But holy moly, it's, it, uh, it's bad. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what else to say. It's just yeah. uh, we're in a horrible position here. So parents, Everyone listening to the show, your kids, any changes, any recent changes that you've seen in their eating habits, in their sleeping habits, the friends that they're keeping, the way they're acting. You know, I'm no expert. I'm not a mental expert. I'm a, a mental health expert or anything. I'm just saying that you could you could go online and you could search these things and don't take it as an anomaly or a fluke, yeah, please. Right. Please. This is a trend right now. Yeah, and it's it's going to continue to grow, and it's going to continue to get worse. So please, everybody out there should look at this. Uh, it seems the, the most it seems to be is 10 to 22 years old, Sandy. Uh, seems to be the biggest peaks from this study. Well, you know, I mean, the, the, the issue is the fact that the kids uh, are uh, maturing much later today, and, and, and they're just not able to cope with a lot of the stuff that an adult can cope with or, or deal with it. And then if they have adults who are missing in their lives uh, and, and not really good role models or who are pinned to CNN, uh, one of the things I see that's very interesting is the, the vast number of teens and young 20, say, millennials who are still wearing masks um, in public outside uh, mm-hmm. and uh, despite the fact that mask mandates were you know the, the mask fat uh, you know mask fad is over and uh, they're still wearing the mask and I'm and I'm trying to figure out whether it's because they're just doing you know uh, uh, some sort of value signaling or whether they are fearful um and and that's adding to it whether they're still fearful of a disease that has not uh, in any appreciable way affected them it's it's really really bad and again that's why i want to keep pitching this i know last month was mental health awareness month but 
uh, you know, kids are using the mask. It's like a virtue signaling thing too, and then they get it from their parents. I'm saying, I told you, I saw three people in a pool when I was in Florida. That's okay? just frightening. It, it just, you know, yeah, and you wonder. Uh, look, and uh, you can't blame the average Joe because they they just they listen to the so-called authorities who have done nothing but spread falsehoods since the beginning of this if not when you get caught lying and lying and lying and lying people after a while don't trust you um and when the media has been wrong about all of this and has been has propagated the, the worst lies and deceptions of my what's at least my career um how can anyone believe anything? How, how does anyone know what's real and what to trust and what source of information to trust when the professionals in this in, in that profession can't trust the data, can't trust the the, the reports? Uh, I, it's it's horrible. I yeah. Uh, so please, everybody, look for the signs. Get help. There's plenty of uh, resources for this out there. There's plenty of parents uh, that do volunteer work, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, please, don't just look at it as an anomaly. Follow up on it. Hug your kids. Pay attention. Extended family, nieces, nephews, whatever. And let them know it's going to be okay. Let, yeah. Let them know it's, it's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Just something simple like that. Take them out for a funnel cake. Yeah, or ice cream. Oh, I'm, I'm being selfish. <laughs> so uh, let's. Uh, we're going to do uh, uh, a little excerpt from my book. This one's going to be called Rambling Readings by Raul. <laughs> Chapter 17, Natural Disasters and Civil Unrest. Okay. Emergency preparedness is key to you and your family's survival during t any type of natural or, for that matter, man-made disaster. Sounds By a lot like you reading and not Raul. Yes. <laughs> By now, you should have put serious thought into handling your home and being prepared for different threats to your hearth and home. Okay, and in this chapter, I talk about, do you have multiple flashlights? Do you have a huge stockpile of batteries? Do you have a huge stockpile of Siloom light sticks, candles, and matches? Do you have potable drinking water? Do you have a hand crank charger that never needs batteries with a UPS pl USB plug in it so you can charge your phone? Okay, I said that to Will when he sent me that message that the power was out for 12 hours. I said, you needed a, a couple of power cells, and it would have been great if you had one of those hand crank chargers. Listen, they're a pain in the ass. I charge the shit out of those things. They take takes forever. But when you have a fa power failure, you have nothing else to do anyway. <laughs> so cr crank the right. Think about it. It's just true. just it's crank true. the thing. You're right. All right. To do. do you have any power packs like a jump start power pack? Could be a if family have, game. Yeah. If you have a jump start power pack, you know, like for your car, like the big battery one, if you have an inverter on it, you can plug shit into it. Yeah, All right. Betcha. I love light sticks. You just crack them. You can put them out around the house. They create a nice soft glow. Uh, do you have a generator? Is it a permanent generator? Is it a portable generator? Remember, never have a generator in the house or anywhere where it, it, the exhaust fumes can be sucked into the house. Many a people die every year from po gas poisoning, all right? Uh, when's the last time you ran that generator? Oh, what, the last storm 14 years ago? It's still in the shed? <laughs> 
Maybe you should have started it up. Is there fresh gas in it? Did you take the old gas out of the gas cans and burn it through your car and replace it with fresh gas? Do you have a hand siphon that costs $4.99 online in case you have to siphon gas out of your vehicle to put into a gas can? Hmm. Just little things like that. In your trunk, in this case, it's Gabe's trunk we took the picture. Do you have a bug out bag? Do you have an emergency bag? Is your car tank filled with gas before a disaster comes? If we know a hurricane's coming, you should fill up your tank with gas, right? Fill up all your vehicles with gas. Do you have an emergency stockpile of food? All right, do you have that? Do you have, again, enough water is important. People do not realize this. Canned foods, as though they're salty, you should have them. What about extra prescriptions, right, Sandy? We talk yep. about this all the time. A your heart medic, least. yep. Your heart's medic, heart medication. You only have two pills left. The disaster hits like Hurricane Sandy, and the pharmacy's closed for eleven days. Use my wife's trick too. Uh, or reorder your medication at like day twenty-five, twenty-six. You got to play around with it, but day twenty-five, twenty-six, um, the your insurance company probably refill it at that point and you sandbag those extra couple of pills every single month until you finally have a month's supply put you know put back you are your own first responder do you have a first aid kit in the house do you have a first aid kit in your trunk hmm do you have protein bars or any snacks or anything like that i have enough snack cheetos, food in the house cheetos count? <laughs> mm, yes i have enough snack food in the house to last me 47 yeah, days yeah, so me too, yeah. i'm pretty good with that <laughs> yeah, you know that. how'd you do today <laughs> i had salt and vinegar chips today and tomorrow <laughs> i'm gonna have the chili cheese fritos <laughs> uh, i hope this can i hope this power outage continues <laughs> do you have a do you have emergency blankets in your car? Do you have gloves and a scarf and a hat in your car? Listen, when you got a GTFO, when you got to head out somewhere, you you got to have all of this stuff. Do you have stuff like that at home? Imagine no power in the house for three or four days. Do you have a couple decks of playing cards and games with the kids, or you just have rope and you're going to strangle them? That's a game. You, that's a game too. You got to think about that. All right, you got to think about. It. Imagine no electronics. Your kids are going to kill you. <laughs> You should also, if you're going to, if you're going to uh, be at home, you're, you know, you're, if you're going to leave the house, you should make your house look occupied, all right, so that thieves won't break into the house, all right. Um, also, I'm okay with like the third or fourth day of Hurricane Sandy. There's no problem with putting a sign outside: "Owner is home and armed." You know. Yeah, right. Do you have your firearms ready? Uh, do you have a sling for your shotgun or your AR so you don't have to walk around holding it all day? I know it looks cool, but hold your AR all day. Walk around the house with it all day. Every time you put it down to do something, you put yourself in a bad position, right? Yeah, right. So little things like this I want you all to think about. If you're Bobby Prowse, you should have night vision goggles as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's true, he does. Uh, and you can actually, the, as the new iterations come out, you can get them cheaper and yeah, cheaper. Yeah, you can get the old ones cheaper. Yeah, yeah which, are, which are really, really cool. Now you're like full-on Silence of the Lambs, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like when you're just waiting for somebody to come in. Do you have a holster? Do you have a holster, an outside-the-waistband holster, that if you're going to be in the house during a disaster, you want to have a gun and a magazine pouch or magazine holders on you so when you're walking around the house? Just, again, visualization and mindset. Look at my house. If the world would stop tomorrow, how many days can my family and I go? 
one, two, three, let's count it off. Again, everybody right away goes for the toilet paper and paper towels, right? Right. They're, and, they're, and then the bottle of water disappears. Do you have enough of that? Mm-hmm. Don't forget, if you have a hot water heater, you have 25, 40, or 50 gallons of water in that hot water heater as well. That's right. So, I mean, there there's plenty of creative options here. All of this stuff is covered, obviously, in detail in my book, which is a uh, shameless promotional plug, but everybody should learn um, to think like a criminal and beat them at their own game. You know, I, in, go ahead, Sandy, what were you going to say? I was wondering how you, how you feel about or what tips you would have for the uh, inevitable collapse of the economy that's, that seems to be going on. We've got already 5% um, inflation in one single month, 5% inflation, and that's the new way they calculate it without food and and, uh, f- and fuels and whatnot. But if you take a look at some of the big box stores and take a look at the shelves already in the big box stores, they're about 30 to 40% vacant at this point right now, which is, a, you know, the canary in the coal mine that is saying that between truckers, you're not, uh, there's, they're not able to get truckers despite they're paying up to $14,000 a week uh, to truckers to, to try to get them moving uh, goods. The price of gasoline has gone up 50% and there's nowhere in sight. Um, we're about to have one hell of a rough ride in front of us, especially for the next four years with these sock puppet, sock puppet in chief, um, who has a hard time remembering what he had for breakfast, let alone how to solve a, an economic crisis like this. You should definitely have some cash, especially small bills, whatever your budget will allow. I'm not going to say $10,000, a couple hundred bucks if you that's all you can afford. But you should always have some cash in case our system completely collapses. It's not bad to own some gold and silver as well in your own possession. Not have it out on, you know, stored somewhere where you have accessibility yeah, or to it. don't buy any of those certificates, you know. Oh, God, no. You want the actual and, stuff. And something for that I learned from Masada Yu back 100 years ago, 22 ammo. Is a great currency. Oh, right. yeah, great. I mean, you can use it out of a rifle, a revolver, a semi-auto handgun, and uh, you can use it for small game hunting if need be. You can actually use it for self-defense. Does it have knockdown power? No. But if somebody came out on your front porch and from your window, if you shot them 10 times with your Ruger 1022, I think you'd probably stop them. Uh, or dissuade but, them. <laughs> dissuade them. But 22 ammo can be used as currency. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for trading for stuff. Yeah, yeah, good idea. Uh, so when the uh, when this ammo drought is over, start buying twenty two ammo. I mean, I remember when it was fifteen dollars a brick of five hundred. Oh, yeah, I remember back in those yeah. days. I don't know what it is now. It's probably a thousand. Oh, probably. But you know, when yeah. it comes back down under thirty dollars a brick, I would definitely uh, buy that mm-hmm. as you know a little hedge to have. Make sure your tanks are full. Make sure your gas cans are full. Rotate your tanks and your gas cans as well. And if you have money in markets and banks and stuff, diversification is the key. Sandy, can you add more to that? Well, I would probably look at the stuff that you're buying all the time. And if you have the room stock up on it, including, you know, you got a, a big issue with beef and pork right now that's going to Canned tuna. Yeah, yeah, whatever you can possibly. Anything that you normally, you know, eat or consume or use, whether it's toilet paper. If inflation is tracking up at 5% per month and the, and the dollar virtually collapses, 
the your buying power, whatever you have in the bank is eroding. So you might as well buy the stuff you're going to eventually have to buy anyway, as long as it's not perishable, right? Correct. That's a great idea. Uh, dried pastas, paper goods. Sure. And uh, I would also think about... Um, you know, like I said, I just said canned tuna. There's some canned items. Even like toothpaste and stuff. I mean, you yeah. use it all the time. Toothpaste, uh, shampoo, soaps, things like that that you're going to use all the time, that your family is going to use all the time. Stock up on it now at lower prices because you know it's going to go up 5%, 10%, 15 20%. So you're, you're going to be able to buy less. Oh, my God. You are so, so right. You are so right. So get what Sandy says. Go to the supermarket. Look at what you buy. Drugs. Right. Drugs. Um, Advil. Right. That stuff lasts a long time. Sure. Aspirin. Um, Stuff long days. Yep. Uh, Stuff stuff like that. I would look at uh, anything that's shelf stable Mm -hmm. that, you know, has a very long expiration code. Because, you know, there was an old uh, writer back in the day. You remember Andrew Tobias? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read him. I think he used to write like "Think and Go Rich," "Go Think and Grow Rich," stuff like that, right? And he used to say, you know, if you use so many cans of tuna fish a year, if you buy six months' supply, if it goes up ten cents a can, and you use fifty cans, you just saved five bucks, right? And five you know, bucks people, here, people, five bucks there. And he was also the guy. He's like the next. He's like every other pay raise, bank. Yeah. Don't spend, you know, which is hard. Human nature, it's hard to do that. But he's like, if you banked every other pay raise for 15 years, you'd be able to retire after 25 years. Yeah, absolutely right. But most of us, you know, don't think about that, you know. So little little things like that. But you're right, Sandy. Whatever your house can store, as long as it's not going to go bad. Again, we all use toilet paper. We all use paper towels. uh, Windex stuff like that. Start going on uh, runs and buy a little more than you normally would buy. And every week, if you bought an extra case of toilet paper, and every week if you bought an extra six cans of tuna or something, I'm telling you, uh, Sandy's 100% right. We need to start preparing for this. Yeah, it is. It's not when you know when you start to hear the mainstream begin to speak about something. Uh, That's something that Andrew Carnegie, is a lesson I learned years ago from Andrew Carnegie, reading about Andrew Carnegie, was uh, when, on the morning that um, he he would stop every morning and have his shoes shined, and the morning that his shoeshine boy, and it was a shoeshine boy at the time, uh, gave him a stock tip, he immediately went into his office and sold his entire portfolio. And he said, when... When that happened, he knew that the market was going to crash, mm. and crash it did within a, within a week or two um, after after he sold out everything. And it's it, it by the time that the average person knows about something or begins talking about it, it's already too late. Sure, you know you, you see sure. it with every market trend, with every whatever. By the time the you, you know that most people are like walk around life like a giant somnambulant sloth they have no idea they sleepwalk their way through life and by the time their it hits their radar screen it's already done it's already correct. too late too too late to correct correct i agree so that's it let's talk about your charity all right well we are raising money for um, disabled uh, veterans and veterans with memory disorders who are homebound. Uh, It is 
GoFundMe.com, VHS of Ocean County. It is a 501c3 community-based organization, so all your donations are tax-deductible. That is VHS of Ocean County, 5 bucks, 10 bucks, anything you can do. We had a, a really dry week this time, but I want to thank Rich Ford for his donation this week. He was the only one. And um, I do thank everybody. If you can, I know it's going to be tough, especially with times ahead. Five, but five dollars, ten dollars, anything you can do, really, really will help um, these very deserving people. We just can't forget them. They didn't forget us. Anthony, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, crime proof. Think like a criminal. Beat them at their own game. Order it, come in, pick it up, whatever, before I start the uh, major uh, world tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Hire Radio, we do thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember, guys, Crime Proof is on sale right now. Stop down at the range or you can get it online at crimeproofbook.com. It makes a great gift to give to someone you love and someone you don't love but want to keep around. We love you guys. See you next week. Thank you all. From sea to the shine.